Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 71 of the No Podcast. We are No Outside Food or Drink, the Southeast premier video game podcast. I'm Richard Bergman, joined tonight by Russell Bergman. Arbiter. And Cesar Concepcion II. No witty catchphrase. You almost had a Halo quote for us. I'm pretty sure I remember Cortana saying that. Um, I don't Was that supposed to be decided before, or did I just zone out when we decided it? Uh, you zoned out, and you look like you woke up in Orlando, Florida this morning. Close. We all did. Remember, there are two of us up here. Yeah. I'm trying to uh, get my story loaded. Loading up your news? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to discuss out. Halo? We, yes. Yes, I am. As we threatened last week, three members of the No Podcast, those seated here presently, went to the Halo Outpost Discovery event in Orlando, Florida. Yeah, we did. Guys, we did this uh, Warthog run in less than 24 hours. It's very good. <laughs> we made it off the exploding vessel. <laughs> I didn't throw a grenade at Cesar last <laughs> by accident, <laughs> trying to clear out the grunts. However, you did not make it in your warthog. I did not finish the fight in Halo 3. <laughs> I watched you guys do it. And we played, like, what, eight or nine attempts trying to beat oh that game? Mm-hmm. All right, we got to back up now. <laughs> That's part of the fun. Right, we're going to talk about Halo 3, because this is going to be a very Halo-centric episode, guys, if you haven't picked up on that. We, uh, in a whirlwind 24 to 36 hours, we flew down there. Walked all over the Orlando, or no, the Orange County Convention Center, the uh, West Landscape. Hall, West uh, Corridor, yeah, compound. West Concourse. This shit was huge. Yeah, this massive complex down there. We went all in and out of there for the ten hours they let us in there. Mm-hmm. Saw all but one of the exhibits, two of the exhibits. We saw everything we wanted to see. We missed the yeah. uh, shoot the darts at the wall, and we missed the Nerf gun practice, laser and, uh, laser and laser tag. Yeah. Whatever that was. Called. Laser tag could have been cool. Yeah, that line was super long. Yeah, we if we had hit it when we first saw it, it would have been all right, I think, because that was when it was still moving. Looking at the uh, the VR thing we did was Halo themed. Looking at the laser tag thing, it wasn't. It was just like Discovery's own laser tag. Yeah, I think it was just Halo themed laser tag, but, but it without the overlay or anything. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't the theme like the VR thing. Right. So there was a uh, you know it was a big Halo fan fest type thing, and and they had all these exhibits set up. There was a mixer booth. There were the interactive experiences that we went to. Yeah. There was the Hall of History, which was like a little opening area that yeah, had... Uh, very cool. Uh, that was awesome for the lore. It had yeah. timelines and big Master Chief statue and yeah. an elite statue. Yeah. Nice Warthog. The Warthog was cool. Very cool. Recap on the war. Yeah. Uh, humanities timeline from mm-hmm. 2100 to, what, 2500? This whole Halo exhibit was lore-heavy, but it only seemed to focus on certain Halo games. Did y'all pick up on that? One to three. Nothing <laughs> yeah. after three. There was, like, no existence of... I mean, we haven't played much of four and five, but I mean, it was were, mostly that first arc. There was no timeline breakdown in the four and five. None at all. It didn't mention it on the timelines at all. Mm. It never did. Yeah. It's, uh, it was almost... Timeline split after three, so... It was almost perfect that all we did was play through three before I went down there. <laughs> and one of the videos we saw, like, the whole ending of the video was the ending of Halo 3. Yep. I was like, oh, shit, that's what we just watched. <laughs> Good thing we just beat it so we didn't spoil it. Even though the game's been out for a while. 13 years? 13. Hey. And it was over 10. Better late than never. It just got a 4K update, so it's new to me. Now we're talking. <laughs> MCC, baby. Uh, something that I learned that had never dawned on me is, remember when Guilty Spark kept calling Master Chief Reclaimer? I never yes. was, I never was like, what? What? Why is the Reclaimer? Like, why you need the human hand to to launch the Halo arrays and all that kind of stuff? That that never really clicked with me, so it's kind of cool seeing 
you know, he the way he was treating the reclaimer and the reclaimers were before the maybe those were the ones I was talking about before the the forerunners. Yeah, because that's the um, well. The reclaimer is what's needed to. Yeah, the recla- uh, spoiler alert: the reclaimers are the humans because they are the descendants of the forerunners who are the descendants of the whatever those were pre forerunners. <laughs> I think that's a Toyota vehicle. Mm, Toyota Forerunner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a SUV, right? I think so. It's also the plot line for Halo Seven. See out there. I'm glad we jumped six. So the other, uh, were we gonna, were we kicking something else around? I feel like we're maybe we made a left turn there in the free runner. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. We we were tempting on some Halo lore. But yeah, remember we talked about how we skipped four and five. We're on track. We were teetering yeah. on the Halo lore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other exhibits there were the training grounds, which is the VR thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the ring experience, which was like an interactive lore and planetarium demo, yeah, and the pelican sort of brief. brief, and the <laughs> oh, our pelican was brief. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then uh, there was a there was a station set up for like Halo Two multiplayer and Halo One campaign, and they also had Halo Reach on PC. Xbox One X's everywhere. There were One X's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And Fire Team Raven, can't forget about that. Oh yeah, the arcade setup. That's right. Thank you, Mifi. And Wild Bill's drink extravaganza. Halo Mega Blocks. <laughs> there was a big Halo Mega Blocks thing. Mm-hmm. There, there were a lot of people. Be- there, there were a lot of people into the Mega Block mm-hmm. stuff. I've always picked it up and looked at it, like when I see it at the store, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it doesn't look right to me, so I'm like, eh. And there were some people building them in line. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that's a thing. They I were celebrating know. their 10th anniversary. Some, I mean, some of the sets look pretty cool, because, I mean, it is Halo after all, but we never got that game, too. It's not Legos. It's not real Legos. It's like the, the bootleg version mm-hmm. of... You're still waiting for Mega Bloks Halo to come out. Mm-hmm. Oh, like a game? Mm-hmm. No, it's, on, it's on YouTube. Dude. We're making a game. Made by Traveler's Tales? Mm-hmm. They were seriously making one in that same style? It's not Traveler's Tales, but that somebody had leaked to put on YouTube, yeah. Mega Block Halo? Mm-hmm. Well, they made fucking Funko Pop Gears of War, so... I think it was part of it, if I remember correctly from watching that video, was um, the age group, how to market that at the time. That would be a good... Yeah. Because Halo hasn't been as relevant for a certain generation as it was for us. Growing up to to have nostalgia for this franchise, oh, well, goes back. Even to the though now one. we're playing the Call of Duty of Halo, Halo of Duty, as Cesar calls it, Halo Duty, <laughs> Halo Duty. <laughs> Climb the ladder as fast as you can. <laughs> Knife the ladder. <laughs> Hold on to now one hand. Let the, the fire miss you. Whoa! Aim down the sights. All right, we went over the Hall of History exhibit. Knife the watermelon. Uh, Russell's favorite one, and the one where he dominated on the virtual field was the training grounds exhibit yeah <laughs> Russell killed. he killed a lot we were so excited for this all right this was a uh, three-on-three this is one of the reasons we went this was a three-on-three this like is the first thing we did <laughs> it was, was fantastic like a red versus blue vr yep. experience made in unity engine with a uh, hp omen backpacks mm-hmm. laptop backpacks with the vibe headset right it was a Vive headset yep. and the Vive controllers. Mm-hmm. And our particular room needed a reboot every game and a half. Is yeah, what we seem to be able Sometime, to tell. Sometimes twice a game. It seemed to be a little sketchy. So paint me a picture. How do they load you into this game? So you have to place your backpack on your bag and adjust the helmet, which is oddly very similar to the PSVR where you have to do the. It did not fit as well. Oh, so it's easy to put on then. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was a nightmare. That the headset was terrible, and they kept like <laughs> screaming at us, "Lift up the headset!" And I felt like I was going to rip the thing off my face. Yeah. And 
It, the, I was like, why did I adjust it for me to take it back off? Yeah. And every time I did it, it took my glasses with it. And I know he every warned time. us. I know he warned us, but I never saw the latch. And I asked the guy, the guy that looked like Edward Enigma, mm-hmm. the dude that turned yeah. into the Riddler. I asked him where the latch was for the glasses, and he never told me. Yeah. And by that time, I was behind the I, behind the goggles. I found two switches on either side that I didn't know what control. One, one of them did control the in and out, like on the PSVR. The other one, I have no idea what it did. I think it was actually changing my uh, prescription like it does at the optometrist. I did the pupil uh, or distance or whatever it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did that. I wanted to find the one that would pop it out like the PlayStation VR so you, mm-hmm. then you can take it off your head. I thought that's what he was telling us. Did you find the one that blows the ear in your eye? That, that one. That one went on Look there. at the image. <laughs> well, they kept the farmhouse in the distance. <laughs> the hot air balloon. The one where my eyes shaking. It is a hot air balloon sometimes. <laughs> my eyes shaking every time it's getting clear because I know it's coming. They kept yelling at us to flip it Relax your eye. Relax your eye. You start getting nervous for the eye test. <laughs> so that one air my eye. Yeah. That's how he Yeah, because he's like, relax your eye, relax your eye. I'm like blinking all over the place. That's I know it's coming. That's how SSR got pink eye at Halo. Mm-hmm. You describing the yes, eye Yes, it was somebody's butt, not the air machine. <laughs> you, de- you describing the eye exam is way better. Than us getting our asses kicked at the VR game. We have one final test to administer. An eye exam. So we load up into this thing, and it's three on three, and it's the three of us because we have our matching no podcast shirts on, which, thank you, uh, listener Jess, you contributed the shirts to us. Mm-hmm. We greatly appreciate it. We got lots of compliments. Even the Discovery Outpost people are like, okay, well, these three are obviously together. They're on, a, they're on one team. They're going to dominate. Yep. Because they matched us up with a young man whose mom dropped him off. Yep. Um, probably a guy about maybe our age, a little younger. Yeah. And his girlfriend, who was enthusiastic, but also made clear that she had not played a lot of Halo or virtual reality. They fucking mopped the floor with us. Yep. <laughs> we did not get out of our spawn. <laughs> so they make you go you're out in a you're out in a safe area and the, the battlefield's actually rendered in VR. So you can't wander out of where you're supposed to be. It keeps you corralled. Yeah, so you have a base you have to reactivate or respawn into yeah. and start off from. And then various shields and energy windows and all that kind of stuff will pop up, and you'll have to shoot the plasma pistol at your opponents. So I either couldn't figure out the plasma pistol thing, or we kept bumping into each other. I ran into Russell at one point. Yeah, I ran into both of y'all at least once. Um, they fucking had us caged in there. There's one that we were all together behind one wall. So. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think though, I guess I was at the bottom of the pile because I, you two were like, fuck, fuck, and you ran off to respawn. And I survived, so I was able to get the whoever it was that was after uh. us. Or what? Some, something happened because uh, as soon as it... I think we got caught off guard at first because it started so quickly. Yeah. There was and no then, count. I didn't see a countdown or anything. There was nothing. It just started. We're in VR, so I guess we would have had to have been looking at a certain area. Yeah. And we were kind of looking all around the map. Yeah, we're getting, messing around with the map. We getting shot. That's There's a warthog you could shoot off the map, and we were blowing mm-hmm. that up. I guess that's part of our problem. All of a sudden, Harry should say, oh, what are we doing? Which way do I go? I say, go left, and then it starts. <laughs> and we're automatically getting just destroyed. Our shields <laughs> are automatically down as soon as it starts. Do, 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 do. Uh, that was a really cool experience. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, for any of the listeners that have done the Star Wars uh, Void experience at the various locations around the country, um, this was very similar in, in in regards to that experience. However, of course, it was a PvP as opposed to a PvE experience. Uh, I would highly encourage anybody that has the ability to participate in either experience to, to go seek it out because it was a lot of fun. You described that uh, Star Wars one a couple of years ago on the podcast. I did. I believe it was roughly this time last year. Um, then it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they allowed us to play in the 
training grounds for what was it two minutes I think was which it was each session and yeah I mean it flew by but uh, the stage itself was dynamic so that I think it was like a blood gulch variation I'm not right? even sure we I wish I could remember the name of it um, was that a thing autoplay I'm trying to find the uh, locations for the the rest of the halo events here we go go ahead Russell uh, there were uh, the levels themselves were dynamic and in, in that we would watch uh, a lot of people before us because they had TV set up to where you could see what they were seeing in their VR world and none of the levels seemed to be the same all the walls seemed to be different the energy shields that would pop up were different sometimes the different walls and energy shields would just disappear and drop into the map and so everybody would just be wide open it, it just changes very yeah. various we got screwed very early on because our spawn box that is a i don't know what would you say a, a four by six foot box that you have to walk back to to respawn and start in probably was like three by six the way we were having six. it because we physically had to stand in that space and we were like shoulder to shoulder yeah and um yeah, it was wide open to the other team. And they immediately, I don't know how they did it, but they immediately rushed us and had us pinned into that box. But They destroyed uh, us. It was it was worth the wait. Um, probably would have, I probably I would have gone back and done that again. As I would have done that one more time. Wait for laser tag. Or the Pelican experience. <sighs> I still call I, it the Pelican Brief. I think the Pelican Brief would have been a lot of fun if... Um, Denzel was there, so was Julia. Yeah. We had a better idea of what was happening going into it so what was pelican training guys are we gonna go over the locations oh yeah, yeah. uh listeners if you want to hit up one of these halo arrays mm, that's pretty good you like that which installations are there going to appear uh so 04 is in the process of destructing now it's almost done with excellent that Again, is uh, for the third time that is the delta halo <laughs> so this weekend's was in orlando uh july 19th through 21st will be in philadelphia August 2nd through 4th will be in Chicago, August 16th through 18th in Houston, Texas, and Friday, August 30th through September 1st in Anaheim, California, we if any of our it. listeners are close to those. We can make it to Houston. It's not too far. Mm, good on the outpost discovery. Yeah. We could spend that money and buy a VR backpack mount of VR units and shoot each other. That's true. Just set up, set up this room. Build our own maps. That'd be pretty cool. Invite people to the next Halo Land party and they're putting on VR backpacks. That would be nuts. You got your station downstairs. That's next level. Everybody walk in. Please place your items down to your left. Now step forward. <laughs> and we have the whole, like, we have actors and everything explaining the process. And <laughs> was it like Gabriella was the commanding officer or the V? They there was an AI in there somewhere. Yeah, it was Gabriella. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out if she was, I didn't know. I should have downloaded the app because there's probably a lot more. There's lower Grimoire cards. Yeah, they are Grimoire cards. Yep. Yeah. Um, but the AI that was kind of running the story behind the scenes and everything and the various lieutenants and stuff that were running through the different trainings because everybody were recruits. We were there as recruits on the, the outpost, which was kind of cool. Because they want to, the Covenant has just attacked and they want to train yeah. us and teach us about the rings and all that stuff. For what it was, it was a relatively pretty cool immersive The production event. values were huge. Yeah, it was nice. Speaking of immersive production values, let's go back to the Pelican Brief. <laughs> the brief pelican training we we persevered mm -hmm. uh this was the escape the room i'm pretty sure it, no it's mm -hmm. not the covenant escape was the actual escape the room mm -hmm. yeah we never even went over there we never went over there that was the only other thing we didn't see okay but the per the pelican brief was a, a simulator 
it's essentially good, a, it's a great synopsis. A team, I wouldn't call it a flight simulator because there's no flying involved. It was a, a crash team, simulator. But no, what did the guy describe Death it as? Simulator. A live QTE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rumble tumble live yeah. QTE. It Lots is of base. A, a team of eight. Uh, along a corridor that we had to yell down. Four on one end, four on the other end, and we had to yell back and forth and let each other know which switches to hit and which switches to dial to what. The cool part was the inside was modeled like a Pelican, like uh, the silent cartographer mission yep. and the Halo 3. What was the name of that? Was it the Cortana mission we started off with the Arbiter where oh. they dropped us off of the Pelican? Anyway, any Halo fans know the Pelican, so it's it's that same interior. We were sitting in the side of that ship. Yep, you started off sitting down in one of the seats. The hot so that, seat. That was pretty cool, um, and the I guess the scenario and stuff is, itself was was interesting. You're on a training flight, and something goes wrong, and so the whole idea is they want to train you in this simulator so that if it ever happens, you know what to do to fly the ship from inside the cargo bay as opposed to the. Uh, flight deck or whatever. Right. Um, and I think, uh, especially having an experienced four on the other side going into it, we probably would have done a lot better. However, our uh, first uh, run through the uh, Pelican simulator was very brief indeed, and we crashed and burned. It was a failure, and they kick you out, and that's it. Yeah, we failed two out of the three simulations within the greater simulation. What do we? Was it uh, navigation and... Shields. Communication or something we failed miserably. Oh, and communication was failed the yeah. entire time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because most of it, there was that bit, like, having to tell people what... What buttons to what hit. What yeah. push and which ones to turn, and not everybody was on the same page because you're screaming it out. Turn to two, turn to two, and it's like, one and four, you didn't do it. And we figured it out. Yeah. And the whole other half of the Pelican was just... One and four, close. one and four, turn to two. Ah, where's, yeah. where's the as thing? many times there was a video playing on loop as we were waiting in line to get into the exhibit right and the backstory that they gave us on what to do had nothing to do with the switches and panels and anything if it they really had, didn't. if they had shown a little bit of that type of like the instrumentation like yeah. just a demo like a, a a dummy body like flipping the things and just showing kind of what you're gonna do because we didn't know what was gonna happen when we got in there what it was even gonna look like yeah. I had no idea yeah. no nothing maybe that's part of the appeal of what they try to pull off with it but it was confusing to everyone. It's like it, we just happened to figure it out. It urges you to go back and do a second run. Not when you're waiting almost two hours in line for something. Yeah. That's what sucks. Yeah. the I want to say that the lines, though, overall weren't too bad. Like with that one, Pelican Brief and the Training Grounds. Was it Training? Yeah, because Combat Deck was the laser tag. Training Grounds is VR. Combat mm-hmm. Deck was the laser tag. They had at least two uh, sections running so that they were constantly rotating people in and out. Yeah. Um, through through multiple scenarios and simulations, so they were at least attempting to continue to roll people through. Our VR um, one had some tech issues. Yeah, but um, as far as like they had two sets of headsets, so as one team was deploying, they were, had retrieved the headset from the previous six players. They were cleaning those and getting the next outfit prepped to go yeah. out there. So they, it wasn't any fault of staff that was running there. The, the staff no. running this event seemed super super competent and, and well. Well trained. I think it was as, about as efficient as that you could make anything like that. Right. Uh, especially the the ring experience. The it was almost set up like a museum type exhibit. Ring experience through. was super cool. That was very very neat. Um, they talked about uh, the various Halo installations and the history of the flood, a little bit of the forerunners and stuff, and 
Uh, the Sentinel. The Sentinel was pretty cool. The fucking yeah, they library. Had, they had a lot. Fuck the library. They had a Sentinel like spinning around right there for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that exclusively was cool. talked about the library in that. And you're just Same shaking man. your head. I mean, Russell's standing by ourselves, and we look over at you. I just see you shaking your head when she's talking about the library. <laughs> Fuck the library. That was cool. The Sentinels are annoying, but there's something satisfying about the way they blow up, like a shotgun blast, the way they blow up and just kind of crash. I'm trying to think about those bigger ones, because I know the regular Sentinels show up in the first one, but when did those big ones show up? Those large ones that are like outside, like outside the library? Yeah. I can't remember which ones those are on. That might be a Halo 2 one. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to not to bleed into four because, like you said, I didn't really see a whole lot of four stuff. And I mean, they're gigantic. Well, they're called Prometheans. Um, they're like digital creatures mm-hmm. that kind of look similar because they have those angles. Um, but I, I can't. I can't remember that off the top of my head. Are the Prometheans the forerunners? Are they the same? They're like a branch. Okay, yeah. they're part of that yeah. grouping. Because uh, one of them is called the Diadect or whatever, and he tries to wipe out humanity as opposed to save it or something. Oh, they had a civil war and everything? Yeah, that's all in that. one of those yeah. lines. Uh, so we ended up in the ring experience, like Russell's talking about, and the very last bit of the ring experience was uh, like a planetarium. Mm-hmm. It was, did y'all see the four projectors? There were like four projectors mm-hmm. aimed up at the... That was cool as hell, and that gave me the more like vertigo and sick stomach than the VR experience yeah, did. Yeah, it's the way that um, it moved. Because you had they had you like leaning back, and the the camera was free free roaming through the ring. Which they knew they would do that because there was a railway they built yeah. there for people to lean on. Yeah, they yeah. encouraged people to lean on it. But that was pretty cool. Yeah, that ending ending video was all about lore, and it was a good summary of the whole Halo story and what they're about, and. They seemed to kind of hint at where the Halo series was going in the future. It, yeah, it did seem that way for sure. Yeah. So. Without talking about too many specifics, the the ring experience was... That first part was called Hall of History, but there was more like museum-style storytelling with this ring mm-hmm. experience exhibit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they encouraged us to take pictures and ask questions and all kind of stuff. And then when we got in this planetarium, there was almost like, there was almost like an underlying... We will remove you if you take pictures or video or anything like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was understood that you would not record or uh, speak, provide any evidence of what happened during the ring experience. I think we got a sneak preview of the new game. Yes, that's what it looked like. You think this as well? It's at yeah. least providing a teaser, some, that, some sort of foundation. There was some uh, imagery in there that would lead to think so. There was imagery that was consistent only with the trailer that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. And just the whole like style of what they're going back to, it seems like. Well, that whole clip to begin with. And the, the narration and then what you're seeing. Um, yeah, so we'll have, to, we'll have to revisit this and uh, confirm or de- deny. Um, We're at the top level. I don't know what that was. There's nothing above us. That's interesting. Unless it was reindeer. Games. Reindeer games. Patriot. <laughs> We'll have to see what's coming up with uh, Halo Infinite. I'm sure there's going to be some news later on. Oh, yeah. we didn't go over uh, Fireteam Raven. I guess we're not done done. No. Um, that was yeah. just the last thing we did, so I'm like, this is our penultimate. This is what yeah. we did. That I'm, was pretty cool. I'm glad we finished on the ring experience, because it was just a good reminder of of was, the trilogy we yeah. just all finished playing together. Yeah, it was a good summary, as well as a potential surprise exploration of what the future may hold. Um 
the panorama section was very interesting. I think we're dancing this dance quite nicely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Without Pretty much go see it if you get the chance to go see it. Make yeah. sure the ring is on your first priority. Uh, I'd say... I, was, I think it was worth waiting for, for sure. It was yeah. definitely... And I think we timed it perfectly because everybody did it to begin with. And we that was the last thing we did on probably, what, eight, hour seven? Six or seven? Yeah. And then maybe like, one thing you want to do on a Friday versus a Saturday and Sunday. Or maybe yeah. late, af- late afternoon Sunday, probably. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. fuck the library. Fuck the library. Fuck the library. So we also got a chance to sit down and play the Fireteam Raven Arcade. This came out last year. Uh, you guys were going to play it at the bowling alley, but yep. it ended up running out of time or something. Yeah, we just ran out of time. Yep. I still have my and card, I think, though, though. I think Russell decided if we all couldn't do it, then it was not worth it. So. Yeah, I didn't want to yeah. just sit there And you had to go. You were, you were busy with um, obligations. Damn birthday parties yeah. for children's. Getting in the way of the two-man Halo Arcade. For three of us. Yeah, yeah I think the reason we ducked out is the, the other one we have an option to get to is a four-man one versus mm-hmm. this two-man. But, uh, Cesar, I think you wandered off for a second, but Russell and I actually got to play for five minutes-ish. Mm-hmm. And that is, a very, yeah. that is a very competent Halo campaign. Yeah. You're playing as, a, as two ODSTs alongside Slash, like slightly behind Master Chief. Oh, I thought said Slash from Guns N' Roses. This, this would be an interesting uh, crossover promotion. They got the Terminator Similar. for gear, so I'm, I'm sure Slash is not too far away. And then you play as Buckethead as the other character. That's Axel. it. Axel. Nailed it. Slash and Axel. <laughs> so you're playing as uh, ODSTs alongside Master Chief like during the events of Combat Evolved. So it's, it's kind of retracing those same missions, but from a different angle. It yeah. looked good. It played good. It sounded great. It was awesome. Yeah. It, it was pretty neat. And it was free to play yeah, at, the, free uh, to play. at the event. <laughs> Or else so, we would have gone through some quarters. So we probably saved like six bucks by sitting yeah. there for five minutes? Just in our five minutes, yep. yeah. We just got to figure out why we didn't have Halo Wars 1 or 2 or Halo 4 or 5 in there. There were none. No, no Halo so. Wars either. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have it in that lore sheet. They talked about Contact yes. Harvest. They, yeah, they did on the timeline. They did on the timeline? Yeah, because uh, according to the different timelines that we've been looking over up over the past week, Halo Wars kicks off the Covenant Contact. Does it take... And I'm Halo thinking of Halo Wars 2. 2 is what's happening now. Way in the future. Yeah. After the conflict. Okay. Uh, the other thing we got to play, and I did not sign an NDA on this, so we didn't know this would be there, and I'm pretty sure we're open to talk about it because they didn't make us say anything and otherwise. Nor they said not to, and then it there was, was people recording it. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That YouTube guy was running around. Right. I mean, but it's, it's been announced, so I don't think it matters. It has been, but yeah. we all uh, we're building up to this like right. building up to this crazy moment. <laughs> and you've already mentioned it. Once. Been, yeah, it's been in guys. Halo announced. Infinite is amazing. <laughs> no, we don't know. Uh, we actually got to play Halo Reach on PC. We got to play uh, one of the campaign missions. It's called Tip of the Spear. I think it's pretty early in the game. Yeah, yeah. I remember playing this one when we said played. It was the first mission. It's either the first or second. It's it is early on. It's before you. I, I, didn't we do that before we got everybody to start so. doing four players? I know we had to wait for a minute. Yeah, I think so. But uh, what would you guys think about the mouse and keyboard haloing? I like the vehicle controls, mouse and keyboard. Um, it is getting used to the melee button, the grenade button, and switching weapons on keyboard. That part was a little different. That was for difficult. Sure. And and I, I did not like the vehicles. You didn't like the vehicle control with the mouse and keyboard? No, because at one point I'd have to pick up the mouse and go back over to keep... Because if I was turning around, I would have to pick it up at some point because I would eventually drift over on my mouse pad. That's odd. I never had that issue. Ah. So okay. that was a little weird for me, but there again, uh, that's the first time I've played a FPS on uh, mouse and keyboard. 
Which it was it was interesting. It looked fucking fantastic. It looked good. And I will say the sniping with the battle rifles spot on like i could totally get behind that because you just click the right stick to zoom in and then you're just capping away that was super intuitive that was awesome <laughs> and then i ran out of ammo which sucked i was picking out jackals you know how the jackals have the little groove at the edge of the shield and they'll have some mm-hmm. they'll have some jackal meat showing out at the edge I was, yeah i was popping those pieces popping that jackal that meat cool. it was probably what eight minutes into our 10 minute play play time that i've discovered what the grenade button was mm. never, uh, i never figured it out it was g Oh. It was G. We'll have to go back. Let's go back down and uh, mm-hmm. try it tomorrow. Uh, melee load. Melee was F. I couldn't figure out melee either because once I ran out of ammo, I was just trying to run around and stay away from people. So it's weird. You have um, WASD for yeah. the directions. Okay. And then F right after D. Okay. And then G right after F. So and I kept hitting melee and accident when I was trying to do grenade. One, yes. One switched weapons. Yep. One e got right. you in and out of vehicles, and R reloaded. And it shift is run. E. I did not like that having to hit E because I was running to either get in a vehicle, leave a vehicle, or pick up weapons. I kept like I could never keep two weapons fully stocked uh, for some reason. So typically, what I would just do, practice, like even yeah. us just talking about it now, I bet we could plop down and, and get through it pretty good. Probably. Typically, what I would do is I would map some of those faraway keys, like grenade and reload, to the mouse buttons. Because we get these with our Game Pass Ultimate now, mm-hmm. and I will be playing through these campaigns on PC as well. Because they've announced 21 by 9 support, I'm going to play in ultra-wide. Nice. See what it's like. Ultra-wide Halo. Cesar's not intrigued. No comment. None whatsoever. <laughs> that was cool being able to try that out on PC. I think the beta is rolling awesome. out to people right now. Yeah. But... I didn't get an invite, even though I filled out for one. No, it was super cool. Um, I mean, all of the different stations they had set up, we weren't really too interested in. They had like Halo Two Slayer and Combat Evolve campaign, and there were a lot of people trying those out and playing them. Halo Three uh, campaign stuff like that, and you know, we could do that here, so we didn't really yeah. jump on those. But when we saw the PC tryout, that was pretty cool. That's something we can't do here for now. Yet. All right, is that our Halo experience? I think we hit a little bit of everything. Yeah, we did like 25 minutes worth. We're good. Yeah, I would just say, you know, check out the uh, Instagram and and Twitter. We've got some pictures that are already up, some more that are going up. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, be putting on more today. Yeah, check out and uh, see uh, see how it was. It was pretty cool. It was was awesome what they did with it. Good event. What what franchise would y'all want to go to an event like this with lore and interactive experiences and all that? You can pick any franchise, any gaming franchise. It would have to be Gears. You would want to do a Gears one? Mm-hmm. Gears would be cool. That'd be a fun one. Maybe an Uncharted one. Un- yeah. Just because of the historical aspect. That'll Uncharted's got a broad scope of adventures and timelines and everything they could pull from. Mm-hmm. Hell, the Halo 1 through 3 trilogy is what, like six weeks worth of story? Right. Division would be kind of cool. Because you could have two different cities in that one. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, a Legend of Zelda fan fest slash interactive experience. Mm. That way everybody can argue about War Breath in the Wild fits. Oh god, there would be it's a lot of bitching about timelines and everything. Mm-hmm. Those lines would be terrible because that would be yeah. all it was. Yep. And why Majora's Mask was better than Ocarina or vice versa. Yeah. One of them was a ROM hack. One of them kind of is a ROM hack. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's go on to news. First up, 
We got a replacement for July's PlayStation Plus games. Like last minute day of, right? <laughs> it was like 10 hours after we talked about it last week, right? Mm. Uh, Cesar, what's leaving and what's coming back? So we had a PES 2019, which too much fanfare was announced as coming through and... All of a sudden, we had a Hail Mary at the very end where they came back and said, all right, we're just going to do um, Detroit, including uh, Heavy Rocks. Rain Digital. So. Detroit Rock City? Yes, yes. DLC for uh, Rock Band. Mm-hmm. So I had talked about a couple weeks ago, I guess it was the State of Play sale, Games Day, mm-hmm. Play Games, Games Play. GamesCon. GamesCon. Nope, we're close. Tokyo Game Show. Game Days. Game Gear. Days of Play. Days of Play sale. They had, we actually recommended on the podcast Detroit Become Human for eight bucks, the deluxe edition. Mm-hmm. But this is now a PlayStation Plus game, along with Heavy Rain. Russell, you and I, is one of our favorite PS3 games. It's excellent. Now, all, all, it seems like all the Quantic Dream games are, have been made available on PlayStation Plus. They have been. Mm-hmm. And they're on Epic Game Store. Didn't you say there was something behind those? Possibly? Um, oh, no, you were talking about PS. What was the story behind PES? Oh, uh, Konami came out and said, uh, "Yeah, that it wasn't their idea. It was Sony's." Right. To ask them, and Sony just kind of danced around the issue. They didn't announce it on there. Somebody had a a theory going around that since Sony's heavy on the FIFA advertisements and because they've had FIFA console bundles and player packs and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff before, probably more prevalent in Europe. And then there were certain clubs that signed with PES this year. Liverpool was one of them. Uh, I think Manchester United was the other one. That there was some maybe some uh, hoopla in the back end. So they kind of just played neutral and took it out of the whole equation. This is from uh, Engadget. This decision was made by Sony, and so please make an inquiry to Sony, Konami bluntly told GameSpot. When Sony announced the swap, the European brand manager for PS told the same publication that Konami was called by surprise. I cannot really tell you what happened because I just found out today in the morning when I opened my laptop. I can't really explain, Leonard Bobson said. Hmm. Sony didn't offer a deeper explanation on the call in its own statement. We have decided to make a change to the PS Plus games lineup this month and will be offering Detroit Become Human Digital Deluxe Edition instead of PES 2019. It said, this was a decision we decided to make as a company and we apologize for any inconvenience. Oh, they specifically mentioned that Days of Play sale. It's funny. Because it, it was $8. Yeah. That was one of their featured, like, holy crap, this is a really good deal. How is this a thing? Uh, I'm kind of excited. I'm glad we get the, in my opinion, the better titles. Yeah. Because we actually get two versus one. That is also yeah. true. And I was not going to play PS 2019. No. Yeah, I'm sure Konami was not happy about it because I'm sure they're going to monetize. Yeah. All that stuff that was coming through yep. for free. Because it's almost that, that Destiny style thing of, you know, let's give them the game and then they'll buy DLC and all that kind of stuff for it and the season pass and... Especially with World Cup fever happening. That's, I didn't even think about that. That was timed along with soccer. Yeah, right now. so they're probably not really happy at all. Nope. So. Hey, we might have more on that in the future. I think Cesar's hitting the nail on the head, though, with the Sony marketing stuff. Doesn't seem like too smart that they would kind of lie there. I'm sure somebody came back and reminded somebody of something. So. Hey, you have a deal with FIFA. FIFA is the... Soccer game of choice on Sony platforms. You can't give away the competitor's game. Right. It doesn't look good. Uh, we have an update on the Chinese tariff story from last week. Uh, this comes from Gizmodo. It looks like board games, toys, and video games won't be seeing a monumental price hike anytime soon. President Donald Trump has announced that he's suspended the planned $300 billion worth of additional tariffs against select imported goods from China. 
although knowing our president, this could easily be undone a week from now. But they have halted, halted their plans to impose additional tariffs on the $300 billion list for goods, which would have included a 25% tariff on select tabletop games, accessories, toys, and video game consoles. So we were super worried about this last week, and it seems like, as of now, the crisis has been avoided. That was a quote from Gizmodo? Yes. Gizmodo. Excellent. Crisis averted temporarily. Especially with the holidays coming up and uh, potential new Switch consoles and mm-hmm. holiday bundles. Because this is going to be the last holiday for... The last major holiday for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so are you ready to dive into your... Uh... Well, before we touch on that, there was actually somebody... We were talking about the tariff story on the on the news or on the plane today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lady sitting next to us, she sells... She's a reseller of certain type gifts that come from overseas and that was going to hit her pretty hard she's on her way up here for a uh, a convention of some sort yeah it's bad enough i just read an article where they're um most of the tech developers are looking to offload some of their assets outside of china it was uh it was going to affect everybody but google i think is what i was looking at like apple was racing Mm -hmm. sony microsoft nintendo everyone was racing to find new spots for this there were yes i I know nintendo said they were going to do another factory on southeast asia was a rumor they're just going outside of China. Yeah. But uh, it was a nice lady on the plane. Mm-hmm. We forgot to go through our airport uh, travesties that we encountered. <laughs> Do we want to cover the uh, the craziness of our trip? I mean... We almost didn't make it to Orlando. And yeah, it, it that was, was the hardest part because was, one, one of us got searched, one of our bags got searched, and Russell made it out through fine. Yeah, that yeah. was good. Russell made it out fine. You were carrying liquids that you were that were deemed to be inappropriately Which stored. Which I took out of my bag, <laughs> but yet they were like, we found one in the bag, and then it was already out the bag, and the guy just shaked his head and said, you can just take your stuff. And I, for some reason, got called for a cavity search. As we're about to go through the scanner, I step up. I place my feet on the yellow thing and hold my hands up for the camera. It whirls around, and then as I walk off, Cesar, you hear the guy say... They told me to not proceed through the scanner, to scan my penis. Um, I was told to go to the metal detector because they had to counter a groin anomaly with you. Groin anomaly. Yep. And when I looked at the screen, it was yellow all over your groin area. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> I was like, what is happening? The anomaly. thing selected my groin, apparently. And my watch, which I have forgotten to take off my watch somehow. So he's like... Well, I always ask them, they, never, they say never take off the watch. I was like... Right. I've never heard that. I took it off. Because I asked them, I was like... Can I every every, the every time, time they do, it's different. When we went through this uh, morning, the guy said, don't worry about taking the switch out of the bag. Every time else that I've been through, like especially Hartsfield, yeah. they yell at me if I don't even touch the switch. You gotta, It's got to be in its own separate container. I'm like, okay, but you said if it's larger than a small tablet, then it's okay. And this is a small tablet. Well, when we left Atlanta, I accidentally had my Switch in my bag, and Orlando caught it coming back, but that's neither here nor there. So I proceeded to get the TSA custom uh, backhanded groin cavity search. His physical turned out normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Cesar and Russell leer on with envious eyes. Yeah, because I stared at you, and you just stared back at me, and I'm like, all right. I had two people giving me a very thorough exam, and they were offering uh, counter-arguments as to what I needed to be doing, whether it was holding my shirt up or holding my belt loops up, because I still had no belt, to keep my pants up, and he was very vigorously pulling down my pants with his uh, searching motion. 
Yeah. And then coming back, you both got both of y'all had your own anomalies appear. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I had a, apparently an armpit anomaly. Where armpit they had anomaly. A, my right armpit, which they had to pat down. Uh, that was it for me. I had a left hip slash thigh, <laughs> uh, which I like to call exterior scrotal uh, anomaly. What did they end up finding there? Did they just tell you to Nothing. move on? Nothing. Yeah. He patted me down and, and kept yelling at me. Make sure everything's out of your pockets. Everything's out of my pockets. Everything out of your pocket. Everything's already out of my pockets. Pull everything out of your... Why didn't did you just listen to him? I did. There's, I, I mean, what am I supposed to There's do? There's nothing in my fucking pockets. Uh, we had some adventures in the airport. That was yeah. Fun. But I think that was important to note about our... Uh, it's always something with the airport. Our chaos adventures. So. I mean, but, they're, they're doing their job. But. but they're doing their job and do like we did and get there two and a half hours early each time. So you, in case of bullshit mm-hmm. happens, you're good to go. Should we mention the particular spot in Orlando that serves the greatest coffee in the world? Oh, God, that shit was amazing. So that's yeah. why you had something else there you liked. No, we're, I think we're talking about the Duncan Express. I think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, indeed. Oh, it was you're the Duncan Express. The I love their coffee, too. Their the coffee Cuban was spot. pretty good, and their sandwiches did look like they would make any childhood. No, and the fucking oatmeal was great. So <laughs> It would make any childhood in retrospect. Russell, we could have ate the sandwich, and we would have had this amazing Cuban childhood, <laughs> childhood of this amazing great. <laughs> pork and egg sandwich. Havana would just be amazing in our memories. You would just wake up and be in Havana. Even better. Havana. So what we had this morning was a Zaza's. Zaza's. Zazu. Zazu's, not the parrot from Lion King. Rowan Atkinson? What was he in? He, he played Zazu. the parrot? He was the voice of Zazu. What? Mm-hmm. That's good trivia. I've got the lovely bunch Chicken of coconuts. Nuts. I hear it now. I hear it now. But we had, uh, going down there, we had the Dunkin' Donuts Express. That coffee was so damn good because we had been denied coffee because Hartsfield-Jackson doesn't serve anything until 6 o'clock and we didn't know. We were denied every place we walked yeah. to even though there were people just standing there. Decline. Decline. International largest, busiest airport in the world. We, yeah. are the, we are the Southeast Premier Video Game Podcast. We do owe this to our listeners to examine food choices when flying to gaming conventions around the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Sure. So That's why I wanted to bring it up. Shout out to also. the... Uh, Dunkin' Donuts Express stand in the Orlando Airport. International and Zaza. At 4 a.m. And boo hiss to everything in Hartsfield-Jackson for not being available post Indeed. 6 o'clock. Until Pre-6 we're already o'clock. pre-boarded the plane or yeah, boarded the plane. So. We're already 80,000 feet above the air by the time McDonald's opens. Mm-hmm. And Spirit yeah. Airlines and will charge Sa- you for coffee. Yep, and <laughs> shout out to Zaza who opens up at 4 a.m. and it's pumping. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. They were playing uh, great music. That dark roast coffee was so damn good. I'll fly down there just to get the coffee. I'll drive down there just for the oatmeal. You'll drive down just for the oatmeal? I'll do six hours. like, I can taste that oatmeal now. (laughs) (laughs) That cinnamon. Dude, you got to find a copycat recipe for the oatmeal. I'm I'm looking. I mean, I know there was some milk in there. I I know that's the thing. And it's the combination of the cinnamon, too. Yeah. But trying to get the milk base in there is going to be the problem. All right, sir. Next up in news is going to be your wheelhouse. I think you. uh, this is kind of your niche stuff. I know some listeners are like... Like hearing your input on this. There was an anime expo somewhere? In LA in the same convention that has E3. Anime okay. in Atlanta? Do we ever get any announcements from AWA? Momocon did something. Momocon Suda did uh, was Suda, at right? Momocon, yeah. And it was just no more he- heroes coming on PS4 and Steam. The, which was a big deal. The the Switch exclusive one. The, uh, the minigame collection mm-hmm. type thing, yeah. So what happened at anime expo, senor? Did so, we get new Tales or Trails games? Negative. Did we get um, new Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Warrior games? Naruto? Close. Close? Yeah. Did we get a Jump Stars Fiesta DS 
port to Switch. Close. I would take that game. Or Bleach, that Bleach DS fighting game. Close. Wow. All right, go on. I'm super excited now. Let's just throw this out there. All right, so, yeah, none of those are true. I just wanted to keep going. Fuck. Um, uh, we've, that was the fictional directors of... <laughs> Elite Beat Agents for Switch? Russell, that was your Jonathan Franks. I just served it up for you. Mm. Uh, I didn't even think... I thought about that on the plane. That nope, one's not... That didn't happen. That was fiction. Nope, that was wrong. That was the writers of Beyond Belief. That's very talented staff. She's hilarious. All right, outside of that, um, they... There's a group called Sekai Project who handles mostly uh, visual novels. Uh, they did announce Undead Darlings, No Cure for Love, um, which is a PS4 game. Um, which is based off a visual novel, and there's not much said about it. It was a Kickstarter game that did not get Kickstarted. So somehow, the game made it through somehow, and they're releasing it over here. Did it get uh, close, or not close enough? Not close or enough. what was the reason in behind it? I don't know. I just know that it didn't get Kickstarted. Kickstarter is such a funny thing, because you see projects that you don't think are going to make it, and they just take off, and they're like these world-setting things. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of burnt on Kickstarter with getting Bloodstained, the booty hole Bloodstained version I got. Most people, there's not many games left on Kickstarter now. Um, you get a couple reason. here and there, but that, not many. Wasn't uh, Mighty Number no. 9 Kickstarter? It was. It was uh, the first one, I believe. Uh, Maybe the first game it won. Say no more. So outside of that, the next one, um, Level 5 had, had a panel which would make uh, Michael please. They did announce that Yokai Watch 4 is coming west. Um, they said they were going to try to bring the movies over here. The movies, I guess, connect to this game. Okay. It follows the story. I'm not sure how it does. I just know they said they no guarantees are going to try to bring the movies over. Uh, Will these be Nintendo published like the last couple have been? This seems to be level 5 base. Okay. Um, they, earlier in the week, they announced I knew uh, that Lane game from 3DS is coming out over here. So they announced that here. Um, they didn't really brought that up at all either. So I would think level 5 would be prominent enough now to be able to publish their own stuff. But I don't, I mean, I don't understand the business side of that. But Well, f for a while, they, it was Nintendo handling their localization. But they actually have a level 5 international. I think they're now finally starting to do their own stuff. Because level 5 international has okay. been around for a couple of years. They just haven't started doing anything until... Right, it takes a time uh, from establishing a studio to where you start seeing the fruition. I don't there. remember the name of the soccer game, but they did go over the anime for that, um, which they are bringing the game over here for PS4 and Switch. Is it the Inazuma 11? 11, that's what it's okay. called, yeah. Um, and then they are also bringing the Snack World uh, anime over here um, on top of that. So I'm assuming they're all that's going to be on Disney XD, where they always show Yokai Watch on there. Uh, they didn't give. I think they already announced Snack World was coming over here. I just they haven't given a date, or they couldn't talk about it. So. What does Snack World consist of? What is it about? Uh, I, I don't know. No, I haven't played it. RPG. It looks like Blue Dragon esque. Okay. I'm gonna go bad. with that. But outside of the mechanics and everything, can't speak to it. No idea. Um, outside of that, and Askus Games uh went through and made a comment that they were gonna do some Atomes, which Atome is a visual novel. Uh, games targeted to female gamers, okay. um, where you do a female lead who has to pick a romantic partner, which uh, tend to be all males. Not all the time. But that's just what a tome is. So outside of that, a lot so of these... So it's like a, the Bachelorette spin of The Bachelor, which the normal visual novels are. Outside of that... Um, yes. These are mostly... You're wrong. That's fiction. <laughs> I just didn't want to acknowledge it. I thought uh, my analogy was great. Mm. Bachelor puts me to sleep. Outside of that, uh, a lot of these were on the Vita. Uh, these are getting ported. It's a are, surprise. And as well as their sequels are coming through. So they went through and said Code Realize, Future Blessings, Caller Malice, 
Colin Malice Unlimited. A lot of them are just on on sequels on there. Cafe Enchante, uh, P4A are all coming to the Switch. Um, they didn't announce it for any other console. There, a lot of them are going to be coming in 2020 at some point in time. I think the only one that was coming in 2019 was the Code Realize. They're coming to Vita, or they were on Vita before, and they're now a lot of them the are on Vita. Uh, now them are getting ported to Switch. Okay, so it's just whatever was on Vita before is coming to Switch. What haven't been released on Vita is coming to Switch over here. Gotcha. They were in Vita in Japan. Uh, they didn't uh, announce. They didn't announce, but they uh, showed the box art for NG, which is a horror virtual novel coming out for PS4 and Switch and digitally for Vita this year. Uh, in October. Is it um, based on a property already, or is that a new thing? It's a sequel to, I think it was called Death Experience. It's like a, it is a horror visual novel. Okay. Um, that's their niche. Yeah. Death Mark was the other one that came out over here last year, which was on PS4, Switch, and Vita, and PC. Mm, I've this seen is, that box art somewhere. And this is the second out of the trilogy. I think there's a third one at some point coming out. Um, they announced that Ghost Parade, which is like an indie game from a Thai company, if I remember. It was something in Southeast Asia. I'll have to look it up and see who it is. It's coming out in November. Um, out, that was the whole Ask Us uh, panel. Then they went into CyberConnect 2's panel, which they just gave an update on the game called Fuga, which got pushed back to 2020, which takes place in the same universe as Tail Concerto and that Solar Tabor, Taboro that was yeah. on DS. So it's like those The cat. Red Dog or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, which is their own take Perfect. of um, World War II in France. So, I think this is the game that CyberConnect2 is working on. Okay. Um, it's coming on PS4, Switch, and Xbox One. And it is a... It looks kind of like a mix between Advanced Wars. Um, it says it's 12 chapters, has multiple endings, and it says when you die, you restart from the first chapter with your experience retained. retained. So, That's apparently cool. you can't save. Um, but it does save your progress, I guess, your experience. Outside of that, Bando Namkai goes into their play anime... Uh, where they... Random uh, Namkai. You saw they made that Master Chief plush that was at the event. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what is this? Uh, they're, they're exclusive. They went into details on Covain, which has that release date in September, and they have like a Revenant bundle, which is, comes with some kind of weird tentacle clear yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, Go on. Outside yeah, of that, they announced a new DLC character, uh, Bakugo, coming to Jump Force. Um, they go into details of what's going to be in the One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows game, which is Vaccine Man, Mosquito Girl, Carnage Kabuto, and Deep Sea King, which are mostly just villains from the first season. Of course. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Operation 2 is coming west, which I think was a free-to-play game in Japan, which was already in English. You just had to download from the Japanese store, and they just t- they get you on microtransactions. What does that entail to? I don't know. Right. I haven't played it before. They announced the first DLC episode for One Piece World Seeker, which deals with uh, Verona Zoro. Which is the Void Mirror prototype, which I think is exclusive to just him instead of you playing as Luffy, which was the base game. Then they went into One Piece Pirate Warriors 4, which they announced on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. It's a Musou game, right? It is definitely a Mega Force game. Have we gotten a bunch of those? This is the fourth one. I think the first two were on PS3, and then the third one was on PS3. PS4 was a generational one, and they ported it over the Switch at some point. Okay. Have we gotten all those in U.S.? Digitally for one and two, and I think we started getting physical on three. I know you're a One Piece fan. Are those pretty good? Um, I mean, they're just One Piece, like a cookie cutter with the Dynasty Warriors in there. So if you like that kind of 
button mash type of thing with just one piece characters it's fun square 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 x square square circle square 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 x oh it's circle gotcha it's an x or cross what do they call it I always go with x but I think the technical term is cross yep um, and so far that's everything announced. They do have a couple more panels, but it doesn't seem like anything huge is coming. Uh, but that's later today at some point. They're going over, well, I'll take that back. There is, at, earlier in the day, and I missed that, is that um, Spike Chunsoft did go through and they clarified that Conception was coming over here, which is a remake of the first game, which was a PSP game. Mm-hmm. It's coming to PS4 and Switch. Not Switch, PS4 and PC, excuse me. And then uh, Robotic Notes, which is a... Uh, Mages game, which is Mage- Mages is the same studio that has done um, Steinscape, so it's like that type of mind uh, vein, uh, sci-fi, visual novel, and so they got a Robotic Nose Elite, which is kind of like a remastered version of the PC PS3 ver- uh, copy that's coming to PS4 and Switch, and then the sequel, which takes place six months later, Robotic Notes Dash, it's coming to PS4 and Switch and PC in 2020. They're both 2020 for those. What are you doing, Robotic Notes? You were excited about this one. Um, it's just a visual novel. I haven't played it before, but I, I am a fan of Mages, so because uh, I do like science. They make good stuff. Make great stuff. Cool. Chaos, Chaos Head there, and there's also Chaos Child. They they make good visual novels, very good ones. Mostly, most of them tend to be uh, very sci-fi based. So there's a lot of news out of the Anime Expo. Yeah, a lot of gaming related news at least. Is this the biggest anime thing? I know we in Atlanta are host to AWA, which is a huge, huge, huge anime thing. Is this? Uh, this seems to be where they do a lot of their heavy hitter stuff because they did announce that they were doing an Akira TV series based off the manga versus the movie. I've still uh, never seen the movie. I know the movie's like this movie's landmark good. anime. Real good. Is but, it on any of the streaming ones? Uh, I think Funimation might be the one that's licensing it now, so it's probably going to be on that Funimation streaming. So, okay. Which, their own platform. Yeah, I think you have or is to it pay on Crunchyroll? No, they used to be part of... Crunchyroll when it was in the, the Verve, but they had when Sony bought them, they split off. Okay. Because Sony actually bought them, and all they do is handle licensing. They don't actually own any properties. And then they went and acquired uh, Manga Entertainment in the UK. So they're, uh, Sony's trying to branch Funimation worldwide. That was a whole thing about purchasing them. Which is weird because Sony also owns uh, Aniplex from Japan, which is only part of Sony Music. Hmm. They're weird on how they have all their stuff spread out under the same umbrella. I don't know why. That doesn't make sense to me, but it is what it is. When I'm done with this test uh, on Monday, hopefully, I want to get into... Uh, I've been flirting with watching Cowboy Bebop again. Like, I watched part of the first episode, and I was like, damn, I need to finish this. Yeah, fun so of, when fun I have some free time, that's what I'm going to jump into when I'm done with the Funimation test. Funimation relicenses that now, so it's out there they again. Haven't. And they got the live-action TV series coming to Netflix. All right, that's the Anime Expo news. The last bit of news we have, uh, Gears 5. You can uh, start greasing up your chainsaw. You'll be able to try Cinco. out there. Gears Cinco. You'll be able to try out their technical test. Cinco de Gears. From July 19th. I just pulled up some kind of multi-thing on here. I'm not sure what's happening. Please go away. Oh, yeah, the snap. Where do I have to take it to? Maybe help. Oh, it's gonna be there when you. That was not good. Yeah. No, I'm back. We're good. Sorry, people. Chrome issues. Technical difficulties. iPad went crazy. Multiple taps. Uh, the Gears Five technical test will take place from July 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern till July 21st. The test will then reopen on July 26th and run until July 29th, and you will be able to 
pre-download this on July 17th by pre-ordering or being an Xbox Game Pass subscriber. Guys, see you online. We're in. We'll try it out. Gear Cinco. The grind. Kind of excited to see how this multiplayer is. The multiplayer for 4 was 60 frames per second, so that was pretty cool seeing that, but it wasn't as good as the campaign, so I was like, mm, give or take. The, I'll fucking do River. No River. We need River. Don't have river. No River, no play. All right, I kind of want to take a quick break. Are y'all taking good with taking a real fast break until we go into games played? Games, games played play. should be pretty brief. My biggest one played was with the two of y'all. So. Mine's short. All right, guys, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back shortly. Which will be non-existent to you. That's it. Gentlemen, let's finish the fight, literally. Mm -hmm. Games played. Grind. We all played Halo 3 in preparation of our Halo Outpost Discovery event. We, we did. did. Yeah. We wrapped it up. Yep. What'd you guys think? The, uh, the arc is complete, literally. Yeah, because what we had left was just the um, arc. We were literally yeah. on the arc and the installation, the next installation we had to go yeah. into, and then that was it. And then we just kept driving off the cliff towards the end. <laughs> Repeatedly. That last Warthog run was uh, tougher than uh, the first one, it seems like. And then the the static screen that me and uh, Russell saw as you kill Guilty Spark. Spoilers. <laughs> oh my god. The basement of... May or may not have killed Guilty Spark. I, I don't know what happened because we didn't see it. All I heard was you like, oh my god, this is hard. You saw the cutscene. Oh my god, where are you guys? We're dead. I should, I where are you? Why, why are you dead? Yeah, we got force pushed off. Where uh, were you? That was nuts. Like, That's the way it plays out every quickly time. Quickly, too. That's the way it plays out every time. It's going to push two people off and only one person finishes mm -hmm. the problem. <laughs> Guilty Sparks is that going to be next time? Yep. It's just a roll of the die. Yeah, that and we had some uh, redacted names of people who have died that Richard still hasn't gotten over yet. That's I'm in true. shambles. I'm in shambles about both of those people. Yeah. It's like, Damn. Especially the way one of them, well, they both got upgrades in Halo 2 Anniversary. Spoilers. Mm, big time. But uh, just you become attached to those characters after a certain amount of time. The only thing that's odd about that game is uh, the weird production choices towards the end with the ship just going across <laughs> the oil canvas. Yeah. And then two, oh, God. Uh, which I think Russell brought up during gameplay, was it infers a lot, like, how did the, uh, uh, what's his face, got separated from Master Chief. As that slipstream closes. Oh, yeah, at the very end. Oh, what's his name? Yeah. He's slipping me on the Arbiter. The Arbiter. Arbiter. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone thinks the chief is dead. Because they legit don't even Valdo. talk about it, yeah, that much. So Arbiter is like, he was right there. I don't know what happened to him. He's like right there the whole time. I was talking to Russell about this uh, on a chat, but like when you're watching Star Wars, if you're about to see a scene on Tatooine, like pod racing or something, they show you the planet and then they kind of like zoom in or they. Mm -hmm. There's like this, or the Death Star. You know you're about to see an interrogation scene of Leia. You see the Death Star first, and you hear the music, you know, kind of twinkling in the background. And then it's like Halo doesn't really have that framing. And you're, as you're watching or experiencing, taking in the story, you're like, okay, where is this at exactly? How did they get there? What's that doing? Yeah. It's a certain level of confusion on some of this stuff. I mean, it's not. There is. It's not that you don't get it. It just takes a minute. So. Or you have to read it online. You have to look at yeah. a synopsis and be like, what? Wait, they both just made it through. Like, what happened here? You gotta find some other context somewhere else. Yeah. And that's been my complaint with the game ever since we have been playing, but definitely with the podcast, because there's been several occasions where I brought it up where I've absolutely hated this game, because I never knew what was happening. Yeah. And one of the. That was one of Cesar's favorite episodes. <laughs> <laughs> 
one of the redeeming factors of this playthrough has been that we started it immediately after we finished Halo 2, and it was a lot more fun playing with you guys than it was alone, you know, two, three years after Halo 2 came out by myself circa 13, 14 years ago. So, um, but we still had to find some of that context elsewhere. Yeah. Because I looked it up several times to be like, all right, but how does this one end again? Just because I knew I'd already played it, so it wasn't going to be a major spoiler. Part, yeah. Probably a lot of that's because they made that expanded universe and they required you to lean heavily on that. And We're, everything everything has two names. Reclaimer, yeah. Human, this, Installation 04, Delta Halo. They all have these, like, yeah. um, even the Guilty Spark is... The Librarian. He's that, and then there's also, it's like a Sinalata or something like that. Yeah. Like, there's a specific term for I'm like, what the fuck? There's... Different languages. Yep. Yeah. The Covenant that we know, you know, is, uh, like, the Elites or the Sangili or something like mm-hmm. that. And it just, this, the lore is awesome. That's, a, that's the awesome part about Halo. Yeah, that, that's the good aspect of it, is although you have to lean on that extra lore and that extra media, it's fun to do. Hence yep. why we just made our beeline to Orlando and back. Since we all beat uh, Halo 3, how do you think that campaign stands with, like, 1 and 2? I don't think it was as strong as two. We were having this discussion while we were in line down in Orlando, and I would agree with that. I like one because it's self-contained, but I want to say two is probably my better preferred because that Arbiter line is just phenomenal. Um, yeah, and he was kind of a bit character in this one, like yeah. When the they Master Chief, him. when Johnson and the Arbiter met the Master Chief, the Master Chief pointed the weapon at him, and Johnson's like, hold on, we're friends right now, and that kind of stuff. And that, that just kind of took that spin out of it, and that was that. Yeah. But there was a real cool climactic part after the Flood had kind of played us, and you see the Arbiter and Master Chief like back-to-back as they're, that was cool. as they're taking yeah. off after yeah. that. That was a pretty cool clip. After he kills the Prophet of Truth. Let's do it like this, like an optometrist. So, two or three, Russell? Two. All right. What about... Uh, Okay. What about you, Richard? Two I'm three. going with two on this one also. What about two and three as a complete story saga? Or would it still be two? It'll still be two. Because I just... There's it's too three many the weaker half in three. Three is just too weak. Although it finishes the fight, I just don't... I still am not 100% behind three. I would still choose one. Three was almost like, okay, let's wrap this up. We want to complete this part of the story we want to tell. Two was just this... It was this marketing blitz. It was this giant thing. It was Xbox Live. There was so much with Halo 2. There was the twist of playing as the Arbiter, which you've discussed before, Cesar. I don't know. You just We got so much more of the Halo universe from 2. Yeah. 1 gave us a good premise of, okay, this is what we can do. With, these, are the, these are the pieces. It laid the foundation. 2 showed us what was behind the pieces. It explored the foundation. And then 3 kind of finished moving the pieces around. It seemed like they made 3 with the understanding that all of these aspects of the lore existed, Mm -hmm. but they disregarded the fact that those other aspects of the lore were found in different media. Although they said, okay, this happens around the same time, they didn't take into account that they happened in the comics or books or movies or whatever, and they finished the the storyline... But those pieces were missing in the final product. Yeah, so that's my argument with against what, three. What you're telling me is the same thing that happened in Halo with one, two, and three, happened with Uncharted one, two, and three. That's a very similar path. I like three of Uncharted. I like Uncharted three, but nobody's going to argue that three is a better game than two or that's one. True. That is true. But a lot of people have memories of one, like 
okay, this is what this box can do. This is a great adventure. However, this is introducing characters. I do think four is fucking the best Uncharted. Then there's that. But, but I do not think good. Halo Four is the best Halo. You do think? I do not think. <laughs> Halo Duty. So Halo we did fun. start. We did start Halo Duty together. Mm-hmm. What do we think about the little intro to that? I'm itching to get playing just because I want to be playing Halo. I'm full 100 Halo. Are we, are, we, are we going back to it next week? Yeah. Sometime yeah. This we're doing week, Halo right? Four ASAP. Yeah. As soon as I get some more time. Let me pass my test Monday, and then I'm wide nah, open. Do your test. He's got to. I got to he He's got to reclaim. Yeah, I got to. It's a life. The reclaimer. <laughs> we know the reclaimer is. Yep. And Johnson fired the Ark and tried to kill everybody. The good news is there again, <laughs> so much into lore, I started rereading, rereading the Fall of Reach, rereaching. So rereaching. That'll give me my my. Uh, that would be a good episode title if we didn't have another one that I had to weave back mm-hmm. into the narrative. There we go. All right, what other games have we played? Did I talk about playing Halo 1 last week with Joel, listener Joel? Mm, with us, you did, not on this podcast. See, I'll touch on it briefly. Uh, listener Joel, he, he listens to the show. He's always a supporter. Uh, he's never played any of the Halo games, so I loaned him Master Chief Collection. What a fucking place to start. And uh, we fired up the first campaign, and he's like, you know, you're on, you start off in the Pillar of Autumn, and he's looking around and switching between the Xbox graphics and the new one. And uh, We played all the way through... Dun, dun. We're on the Halo. Uh, we're at the Truth and Reconciliation is where is yeah. what we call it quits for the for the time being. Night time mission. But I kind of gave him. I'm glad we got to discover this, Russell. But I, I think it took us years to really get into the lore. But I like being able to tell him like the context that you're talking about as far as the story goes. Like what happened in the start of Halo. People don't know if you haven't yeah. read that book or played through the series. So I tell him, all right, we met this zealous religious alien race. They're trying to kill everybody. They just took out a major facility, and we jumped out at the last minute. And yep. they've chased us to this place, or so we thought, that they're already actually here. And now we're going to find out why we're all here together. So I kind of laid this little foundation from what I know of the lore, and then we're experiencing Halo. And he's digging it. That's uh, awesome. He he got into the cadence of, you know, if one of us dies, back up. And mm-hmm. that kind of, the rhythm you have to get with, with playing the Halo, the Halo co-op experience. It's kind of funny so seeing good. two Master Chiefs pop out at the beginning. Of the, <laughs> we did it in four too. There's three Master Chiefs running around mm-hmm. at the start of four. Mm-hmm. That shit was hilarious. Y'all like my? I have obviously the elite Master Chief because he's faster than y'all. Did y'all like seeing me That's go quite, tear tear an ass across? Quite the... impressive. <laughs> Luckily, we all died the same. Yeah. So we joked Just in our quick. we joked in our playthrough of Halo Three that there's no sprint button, and then I found one in Halo Four and just go running past Russell and Cesar on my way to to imminent death. But uh, Halo continues. What else do you guys play? I think. I mean, I think we can all briefly touch on Mario Kart Eight and y'all's experience on the plane. I didn't go well. I did not. You won the first one, and I got uh, half a second away from winning the second one, and yeah. our disconnect. And occurred. I didn't even see the room to begin with. So. And you were closer to me than he was. I thought. I was like, I sitting there, there was nothing there. I was like, I just sent y'all a text. I'm going to sleep. So we had this brilliant idea. We played Mario Kart Eight Deluxe on Nintendo Switch on the plane, and we were not able to successfully hold a room together. Not at all. Get a room, you guys. Too mm-hmm. much uh, radiation, uh, bouncing off some swamp gas. I captured some light, fucked yeah. it off of a weather balloon. We were in a long cylinder together. <clears throat> yeah. With many radio wavelengths. Um, uh, outside of that, I got all of my trophies at 150. You did? Done. I beat the game. I watched you I watched you beat the Animal yeah. Crossing level that you were bemoaning last week. I was waiting for some bullshit blue shell or red shell to come at me. It never happened. Yeah. And you got helped out on a couple. Mm-hmm. 
somebody hit a banana like last minute and let you win. I think that second race, whatever the second race in that cup is. I somebody spun out and let you desert one. It's Baby Park and then and then the desert, desert land. one. Yep. Yep. And then Treeland and then Treeland. <laughs> then uh Animal Crossing. Cake Land and then Desert Land and yeah. then Baby Land. Candy Land and then I played the TikTok one like six times on the way down there. That was my favorite DS. Yeah, you finally beat it. that one. Uh, one time I was like out in front of everybody by almost a lap, and then I got hit by a blue a blue shell, classic. Then a red shell, classic. Then another red shell. Then somebody came up behind me and hit me with a green shell, and I went from first to fifth in about five seconds. And you just accurately described Mario Kart. <clears throat> that could be the back of the box art quote, and that's it. Just leave that on the back. I went from first to last in a few seconds. I got hit by a blue shell. I was up by a lap. I got hit by a blue shell. I got hit by red shells. And then I came in fifth. Just perfectly timed. As soon as I started going again, bam, something else. <coughs> that and we'll never forget baby part music. Uh, I played more Luigi's Mansion. I'm at the last bit. I've got to go back and check my save because I just kind of closed the 3DS. Then it ran out of power. So I'm not sure if I'm there or not. I think I had just caught a ghost, so I had saved. But I'm close to beating that. I'm, I'm ready to be done with that one. Uh, Cesar, after the podcast last week, you and I got into some tennis game. We played Super Blast Tennis on the Switch. Yeah, we did. This is actually a really good game. Yeah, AI, we did the AI Normal, which there were some questionable hitbacks that they did with us, but there were some good, um... Yeah. There were some good sets that we had on there that went on forever. We so. mastered the normal. We mastered normal. Yeah, playing on play hard was way better. Like, playing on the hardest setting was way better. It gave more of a challenge, because we definitely mastered normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then um, outside of that, you went ahead and jumped on that Steam sale and bought Toe Jam and Earl. We played that. I got Toe Jam and Earl on Steam because we had jumped on Steam to get the Super Blast Volleyball and try it out. Yeah. Which I don't good. like as much as a tennis. It's good, but it's not that good. But Toe Jam and Earl on the on PC was awesome. Real good experience. Mm-hmm. We made it to level seventeen before we both. I it was it, it was days. late. Yeah. Yeah. We were both well, tired. we died anyways. Yeah, you're right. We we both died. And, and it was just—it was like boogeyman chasing us and not even letting us get away. Mm-hmm. So it was what it was. And they had the lady in the grocery cart, the one that keeps hitting the back of the legs in real life, hitting you in the back of the legs in the game, <laughs> like hitting your Achilles tendon. Yep. Jesus. Those are all the games that I played. Mm-hmm. Mostly with you, sir. Most of mine is going to be really, really uh, quick, short updates because I haven't played much this week. Um, getting reacclimated from my uh, previous vacation. Mm-hmm. To this one, plus the holiday, um, doing a bunch of stuff on the side and trying to get back into a rhythm again had messed up my uh, gameplay rhythm. So, without going into details and going deeper, I did play a little bit more Trails of Cold Steel 2. Just continuing the story, there's nothing really more I can speak on that. Um, also played a little bit more Mario Maker uh, Dos, or Dos, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I'm just still going through the story mode, still building up the castle, nothing really new to add. I mean, the only other ones, it seems like every of the uh, Haunted Mansion base ones or the Haunted levels are some kind of puzzle base. So a lot of it is it just continues on, just giving you an inspiration on how to do complete different levels. So outside of that, I haven't gone to... Have you played any user-created stuff yet? No user-created stuff, just story. Uh, just so I can sit there and start making my own levels, and once I start making my own levels, I'll upload them and I'll start playing other people's levels. The consensus seems to be that the story mode is good as like a tutorial. You wouldn't want to necessarily buy this as a Mario game, right? To play through the story mode. There's no, yeah, it's no, it's not cohesive. Right, it's, it's very random. That's you're not going through like the the cactus world and all. It's that not kind of like stuff. um, 
It's not like doing uh, like Little Big Planet or something like that, way. where they're teaching how to make levels. Where the Little Big Planet actually has a cohesive story in their story about which kind of inspires you to make levels as well. Does this is a puppet? Yeah. Open your puppet. So I mean, the story mode on that is like you're just building a castle, like I brought, I brought up last week. I mean, that's like your one goal. That's it. But you're just playing random levels to get money to build the castle. That's that's all. That's going to be the whole story. Gotcha. I don't think anything is going to come out of that outside of that. So most of it's just on playing levels to give you ideas and how to build them. That's it. Um, Mario Maker Dose. Mm -hmm. That's um. It's like I said, short week for me. That's everything for me. What about you, uh, Russell? Uh, we've already covered a lot of what I've been playing. Uh, same thing, a lot of a lot of uh, plane travel games for me. So mostly Switch, uh, a little bit of Fallout Shelter, wasting time type deal. Played some <laughs> more uh, Mario Party. Uh, did a I think it was a fifteen turn game, uh, which is a shit ton of fun on fourteen the plane. turns too many. Um, and just everybody trying to figure out what the fuck we're doing. Cause this we're was not the plane we were on. This was not the plane we were on. This was another trip that I took uh, a few weeks back. Uh, one of the reasons I was not on uh, previous episode was uh, actually flying out to Denver for the weekend. Um, and had an absolute blast with actually the flight attendants and the people around us as we were trying to climb a pole at... Um, one one uh, mini game and and there were a couple where we were waving uh, the joy cons around thankfully we had three seats in a row we were able to just uh, throw the switch into a, a back seat pocket and not disturb anyone not disturb anyone but we just had an absolute blast got to actually do the uh, switch commercial uh, as has been mentioned a couple times already on on the podcast switch commercial is real uh, also, on the flight back, we tried to do the 30-turn one, since it was going to be the exact time that it would take us to fly back. However, uh, it went over, and I think we have three turns left. It's I don't know if it's saved or not. Uh, but that was uh, an interesting one, because that's on the golden level, uh, comics, Camex, uh oh. Castle or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, that one was fun though because the flight went by just like that because here we are playing Mario Party. Good times. Uh, good times indeed. How many people played? Uh, three. Three. We had three. Just the aisle. Just the aisle. Yeah. Uh, I didn't want to hand it to a random across the the, uh, the aisle. But uh, uh, so switch commercial not confirmed. Unconfirmed. No, yeah. I mean, it didn't end on the roof, so that's true. Got to end on the roof. Playing Mario Odyssey. Mm -hmm. The yet as of unnamed Mario Odyssey. That's true. As of yet, with un, as of yet unnamed two-player mode, that we didn't know about, which gets us of a cap. With the as of yet unnamed controller, moving on, known as Joy-Con. Uh, <laughs> also played some Mario Kart. I've got all but two golden trophies on the uh, 150cc. Uh, I need to check mine. That's what's got to be motivated. Uh, you too. I got to see where I'm at on the 150. I'm getting close. I done. I beat the game. Nope, you got two more to go. Still two more. Don't exist. Two hundred. I went in there and installed the DLC from the Wii. Uh, and I also played some Toy Jam and Earl back in the groove with my special lady friend, uh, who seemed to enjoy it despite some protestations. What is that? Is that like a groin anomaly? It yeah. is indeed. Um, they weren't sure they were going to like it. And ended up liking it. Like she, that. She's not a fan of the randomness or the. Just didn't know what the game was all about. And it takes a while. I tried to explain it, and it's like, well, what is this thing? What is this dentist running around? What about the carrot? Is the carrot? There's a, a lot guy? going on, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, still hard to figure out who's good and who's bad. Who you can trust. Well, the, the shininess makes it. They do glimmer. Yeah. yeah. That helps on this one. So, uh, but uh, yeah, this. Uh, I don't want to play turned into, I think, six or seven worlds. Yes. So it worked out. That was a good experience. Indeed. I'm glad we're all still playing Toe Jam and Earl on various platforms. Mm-hmm. It's a good ass game. They keep making it. Yep. Uh, and I think that should be about. That's your list. You had two games. Yeah, I erased a bunch of them because we already mentioned them. Halo, Halo 3, and... Uh, so we're going to pick up Halo 4 uh, this week sometime? I guess 10. Yeah, why not? That. It's good. I'm enjoying it so far. It's not far into it, but it's good. I mean, we started it. That was it. Yeah. I think we skipped the intro. We didn't see the intro movie? How did we skip it? Well, we skipped... We got the... We saw the Dr. Halsey thing. I guess we did see it because yeah. uh, she wakes him up out of the cryogenic sleep. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Yeah, because remember that was a whole like, what's John got to do with this? Yeah. Yep. Winter Leave time. him out of it. She took that one personally. She starts freaking. Yeah. All right, that's our games played. Are we done, guys? I think that's it. Time yeah. to get out of here. Yeah. What was the time stamp for this week? Uh, we're at an hour and sixteen minutes. A uh, lot of that is Halo Outpost. One hour seventeen minutes. Hey. Do we need to? One one seven. I like it. Uh, it'll be close to that by the time I end up editing songs in and out. Yeah. I'm gonna put a uh, Halo music in where we do our Halo bit. No fun. Okay. That'll be a first. Sure. Unless you want me to do all the crazy shooting stuff, though. <laughs> I rather put I rather put the snippet of the licensed music in there than the the freelance stuff. Hey man, you do you. Please let Halo issue us a takedown. DMC. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We will frame it, and it will be forever on our wall, and we'll be perfectly happy as a podcast. Right okay. under the poster. It will, go, it will instantly be our best piece of Halo memorabilia. If right. We get a cease and desist. Uh, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, SoundCloud, sponsor SoundCloud. Well done, sir. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter under just no podcast. You can search for us and find us. Uh, if you got any questions or comments, send us emails at nofodcast at gmail.com. Russell goes to that inbox daily. Hourly sometimes. Yeah, I, I see him over there right now. He's, he's pouring un- un- right un- now. He's, he's, he's responding to somebody. If you have any questions or comments, I know we got a lot of Halo uh, fans that listen to us. We, we tend to host some Halo land parties from time to time. Might be time to get one of those going again. I haven't done one this year, right? I'm wait, I'm I've not done I'm one waiting. this year. I'm ready to rock. Usually do one in the spring and one in the fall. Usually two a year. Yeah. Haven't done any this year. It's the cooler weathers. It is. I felt like we did two in the summer last. Uh, we did do two in the summer last back year. Back to back weekends. Because we had the air, summer. we had the air conditioner going with all the uh, CRTs and Xboxes, and we lost a whole, <laughs> we lost a whole record. But uh, thank you guys for listening to us, and uh, make sure you check out the content we're putting up. We we got a lot of pictures and stuff from this trip. It was a lot of fun. So uh, enjoy the ride along with us, and thank you for listening this week. And we'll catch you next week. It's the demon! Bye. Adios. It's waiting for it. That might work. We'll see plugged into the matrix. Think so. Can you hear us? Huh? Can you hear us? Holy shit! The huh? Does so he loud. need the pop filter? Huh?